Freddie test. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check uh, a little low, Jason. One two one two one two Check. one two. I'm good. I'm still a little low, maybe. Is that better? Or my ears aren't. Yeah, it's better. TJ talk. Hello. TJ talk. TJ hello. TJ talk. Hello. Does that have TJ talk? Like a hello. My day's off to a good. TJ sit. I'm off to a good start today. What the hell you got going on? Your phone's upside down. Reset. <laughs> All right, Casey, you can give me a test. Test one, two, three, four, five. Casey, roll over. Did you look over? <laughs> Jason's giving commands. Freddie, roll over. Time. I can't. Door. Bumper. Clear. This is Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad, and I'm back. This is Freddie Kraft. I finally decided to show up for work today, and we'll have a lot to talk about after Kansas. We'll cover Ryan Blaney getting wiped out, a tight playoff cutoff line heading to Martinsville, NASCAR and F1 going head-to-head, cup race attendance, and a lot more. Hey, Tyler, drop that beat. The best on the stand and the best in the booth. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Get called to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Breaking so bad. Jason is pacing, kind of play in this race. And if someone don't crash, it, he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is the spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's throw bumper clear nah don't get it twisted baby this isn't the download nah this is door bumper clear there you go i like it hey everybody i'm tj majors spotter of the two cup car and welcome to the bojangles studio you boys hungry yeah man we're all do you know you're talking to (laughs) that was a stupid you seen me and fred what an idiot (laughs) uh brett griffin part-time spotter this year of college racing returning Next year, full-time with Daniel Hemrick, Justin Haley. Freddie, how was Kansas? I see the wind didn't blow your fat ass away. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how Hirschman stayed on the roof because the fucking wind was blowing me like into the rail a couple times. You know, like, The yeah. wind was blowing, obviously, the whole race, but the wind gut, like the gusts of wind were like 10 times however hard the wind was blowing. So every time you get hit with a gust of wind, you'd like blow you into the rail. And I don't you know remember? how... Hirschman didn't end up in the infield. Yeah, Hirschman's like a toothpick. <laughs> you remember how you're just spotting sometimes, and all of a sudden that one wind gust hits you, and it like just makes you step forward? Yeah. It was doing that type. Like it, was it was doing that like every other lap. <laughs> so basically, I wouldn't make it there. No, yeah, you would have been, been in the infield. Yeah. Like, you'd, so, you'd be like a fart yeah. in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally came back to work. Freddie Kraft, spotted for Bubba Wallace, Jeb Burton. Freddie, welcome back to the studio. How's Yo, it feel? Hidden, a, man. You guys changed some shit around here. I got a bottle of Whistle Pig from uh, my buddy Scott Brown. He sent me a, a victory bottle of Whistle Pig. You know, I've missed, whiskey. Uh, I've missed one show this year, and everyone acts like it was like six months or something. Brett's well, missed a month probably. It's probably because you gave us 10 minutes notice that you were going to miss a show. Everybody acts like it's... Well, <laughs> Brett missed... I don't know how many Brett shows. Missed Brett missed 100 so far. Brett's missed a lot. Casey finally has had a good track record. I've only missed one, so we're tied. So you no, missed, missed the next two one. in a row, dude. I was here. I texted in. I called in. You didn't call in. You didn't call in that day. I mean, there were a few episodes where you were physically here, mentally not. (laughs) So it should be count those. Hey guys, Casey Boat here. You are a marketing professional for DBC. And of course, we can't forget our incredible producer, Jason. That is me, Jason Schultz, Dirty Mo producer here. 
I'm just glad Freddie showed up to work. Hey, Jason, if I had a dollar for every time that you typed the word content this past weekend on your Twitter, <laughs> I would be a freaking millionaire. Do you realize how much you overuse that word? It's my favorite. It's literally my favorite word. Content. content. This guy wrote content a hundred million times. We could turn it into a drinking game. We could. Love that, content. That and if we listened to the broadcast from yesterday and every time they said the word wind, we could be hammered by the end of this show. That's all they talked about was wind, and all Jason talked about was content. I love quality content. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to open that whistle pig up now and start taking shots? No, I'm going to wait on that. (laughs) You can't open whistle pig up. You got to save it. That's probably a $200 bottle. Do you have to whistle when you open it? Yeah, It'll make you something whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, you're back from Kansas. It was windy. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) I almost got killed in Kansas one year by putting up signs, and I got swallowed. Uh, Well, Rudy took a canopy to the head yesterday uh, when the roof blew off their pit box. He's a candidate for the Xfinity X-Fi More Than Fast moment this week, I think. (laughs) Well, he didn't get out of the way more than fast. (laughs) Making it back from the infield cure center. It was, I mean, and you guys saw it during the race, like, Guys, the wind gust would literally put people in the wall. Like, off of turn two was just every, like, Booty was calling them out to me because as they were pitting, it would be like, another one in the fence off of two, another one in the fence off of two. Just guys were, like, there was, out, the wind was taking the rear of the car out of the racetrack, and it was ridiculous. I and mean, it got cold. I mean, oh, it did get cold. Once the, like, it wasn't bad when I walked up there, and I was debating on whether or not I needed to bring a jacket, and yeah. I was like, ah, I might as well bring it because I didn't know if we were going to get a rain delay, be stuck up there. So brought the jacket and thank God I did because by the end of the first stage I had it on and I, I bet it was twenty five degrees cooler after like <laughs> yeah. as the day went on there it was cold man like I don't really, really know why people and, and I love the Midwest but I couldn't deal with that wind all the time yeah it's usually always windy it wasn't windy it was it was windy but a movie about how windy it is <laughs> <laughs> it was windy but you like the way obviously there's a big buffer between us and the end of the roof there yeah and. And I like I reached out a couple times. I had took a couple people from Nutrient X Solutions feel up it. there to, and you could feel how windy it is if you reached out over the edge. But then Sunday, it was just it yeah, was coming from, maybe coming yeah. from the other direction. I guess. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, I think the the trend for both races, Xfinity and Cup, was the playoff drivers all having problems. I think pretty much all of them, I would say, have some, had some sort of issue. And I know one that did. I know. Yeah, I know. NBC posted a graphic on Saturday. I think as well as Sunday, where the number of playoff drivers who have issues over the past few years, and it averaged like five or six every year. That's crazy. Why is that? They're on edge, man. They're giving it all they got. Um, they're putting themselves in situations maybe they shouldn't be in. I think we saw that start on Saturday with Harrison Burton, who I'm uh, I'm very glad he walked away from that accident. I actually went back and, and looked at the replay because when I first saw it, I thought maybe Sam Mayer was to blame. Then Freddie and I talked about it, and I uh, went back and looked, and, man, Harrison was – the, the top of the racetrack in three and four shot a move to the middle to make it three wide. And then a man, I, I think he was coming down and maybe Sam was coming up a little, one of those race deals, but, but definitely Harrison being super aggressive because he needs max points. He needs wins. And, and if you don't get one of those in the next two re- two weeks at that time for him, your season's pretty much over. Um, it's just unfortunate that when that happened, man, he completely took out the nine car, you know? And, and so Casey, to your point, I think, you know, there are people who are pro playoffs. There are people who are anti playoffs. But you see this type of aggressive racing at this point in the season because of what's on the line. Yeah, hundred percent. And Kansas lends itself to that hard racing because it's a it's it's probably now 
one of our top three or four raciest mile and a half. You know, but, you know, but Homestead's probably still the best one, I would think. But you know, this place is tires wear out. I mean, it always comes back to the same thing: tires wear out. You know, there's not a lot of grip, harder to drive. So you see guys kind of like Brett said on the edge, and and that's why these guys are wrecking off a turn too because they're on the edge of traction at all times here. And then this one little wind gust—I no, shouldn't say little—one big wind gust, you're in the fence before you know it, and you know. And and obviously guys racing each other hard on each other's doors, you know, not get willing to give an inch. It just this place just lends itself to hard racing. But but Sunday, man, I, I got to go back to a guy that we talk about a lot on the show. Sunday, man, you saw a guy in Tyler Reddick just letting it all hang out. I mean, you can tell he knows that his team right now and his cars right now are good enough to win races, and he's doing everything in his power to try to get that first win. And literally, TJ, I almost think he's trying a little bit too hard, um, which has always kind of been his M.O., man. He's an edgy yeah. guy anyway. But but when you have guys that, that Casey are trying to get their first win, and oh, by the way, it's in the middle of the playoffs, wholly exciting. Like, that just makes it even better. Yeah, Tyler is definitely – he was really fast at Texas, Kansas. He's been really fast. So, threat to win for sure. If he gets out front, I'm not, I'm not sure we get back by him. So – you know, Tyler's been really good. But, yeah, he's always kind of been so close to the edge, he kind of oversteps a little bit. But um, he's still – I think he's still growing and getting better and better still. So, good for Tyler. But, yeah, that was a tricky race. A lot of people – a lot of people had problems, um, thankfully, in, you know, including us. So, other people having problems is what keeping it close still. Watching those guys get blown into the wall in turn two was, was something that I don't recall seeing happen – as much as it did yesterday with the wind shifts that you guys experienced, obviously, you know, it, it hurt, hurt the two car, hurt the 19 car. Uh, we saw Larson do it. He went on to win the race. Obviously, some of those guys battled back from it. But uh, I, I don't recall ever seeing that in a race where the wind was affecting, like, that many people. Like, you may see it happen, and then guys make adjustments. But, I mean, I, I saw our drivers were saying it literally felt like the, the wind was picking their car up and just throwing we were, it into We the were wall. super loose off of two already. And we were in a, we were just in one of them bad spots where the the guy the guy in front of us made a move that we really weren't expecting and it put us in even a worse spot. And Brad just said he got a little loose. And honestly, we were trying to stay off. We were trying to get out of the way of the nineteen and and ended up sliding up right in front of him. And I think he caught the wall a little bit as well. But it could have been ugly because you had to check up so much. You were out oh, of yeah. the throttle so if much. Get, if it had been on the outside, it would have probably been done. Yeah. So yeah. Um, luckily we. Brushed the wall, still put us in a big hole. Two laps down is really hard to come back from. You know, the biggest thing with that turn two deal, I think, is these guys are just so used, like they're they get in rhythm. You know, we talk about getting in rhythm, hit your marks, do this, you know, just repetitiveness, and they're doing it every lap, every lap. Okay, this is how much grip I got. This is how much grip I got. Okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. All of a sudden, the wind picks up 20 miles an hour one time, and you're like, you just all of a, out of your completely out of your control. Just uh, I'm doing the same thing I did the lap before, and all of a sudden, like I'm dead sideways, and I'm going towards the fence, and I got no stop. You know. It wasn't like you're. Nobody's going to drive through there just cautiously expecting to win because then you're you know you're giving up too much time. But it was it was definitely interesting to see just guys randomly fine fine fine. Oh, now I'm sideways off of two. Cool conditions, um, great racetrack. Um, goodbye to to that package. We'll we'll never see it again on a mile and yeah. a half, most likely. It sucks too. I th- we were actually pretty quick. I thought that was interesting. I, I read last night. I've seen Pockers' tweet that they took you know one car from each manufacturer to the R and D center like. <laughs> Why? I mean, you, you'd think they have something better to do. I mean, I uh, mean, it's still to me there. There are some similarities to the next year's car with, with the way air works with ducks and stuff like that. So 
I don't know what they're looking at, but my guess is they still want to see what area guys are trying to look in. And and we still have two important races coming up, too, so they want to make sure that I think that sets the tone. Like, look, we're still looking here. I know we've got a lot to talk about in this show, but I want to ask you guys this before we dive into it. Um, Do I want to hear this? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, you want okay. to hear it. So, so Kyle Larson, obviously killing it right now, right? Back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back wins. Locked into the to the championship race at Phoenix. If Chase Elliott, according to Bob Pockers, if Chase Elliott finishes 15th, he's locked in. If Denny Hamlin finishes 12th, he's locked in. Do you think fourth in points is going to be locked into this race? Do you think fourth in points locks you in? No. I don't either. When I look at those other guys that have to win to go on – I mean, it's guys that are really good at Martinsville. I think it's Martin Truex. It's Ryan Blaney. Like, there's a lot of guys that are in there that are going to have to win. And I think, I don't think fourth and points is going to be good enough. I think you're going to have to win. Um, Honestly, it's going to come down to, you know, Martin's Martin's been, I mean, they named a place after him. So he's been really good there. <laughs> That's um, That may be TJ's slyest thing he's ever said. <laughs> Martinsville. Martin's been good there. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'd be re- I'm excited to see a, a Martin versus, you know, Blaney versus Brad. Those three guys are all really good there. So this is going to be an exciting race. I can't Going wait. back to 2016, guys in these, on these cutoff line have won eight out of the last 11 races there. Yeah. Keselowski, Truex, Joey. Kyle Busch since yeah. 2016 they've only lost three races so you're you're the odds of one of them winning the question I had was is is the 22 26 points out I in my opinion he's in a must-win situation he's not making he's up. absolutely he's the only guy I mean he's, he's the only guy that I think so absolutely has to win yeah no. he's not he, I mean 26 points isn't a ton to make up but it's a ton to make up when you're chasing four guys so yeah you're not gonna make it up on three yeah. or four guys this is going to be like an MMA fight, I think. I truly you do. Take. I, the, these seven, the, these six guys are going to be just balls to and the wall. Thinking about the, this track, I mean, yeah, it's the best one for it. Xfinity Five Hundred is sure to be yeah. a good one to watch. I mean, this, this whoever decided that this should be the cutoff race was a genius. And from going now on, this race either either needs to be the cutoff race to make the final four or the championship race. I found one thing funny yesterday. Um, Kyle Larson said before the race that he had spoke to Mr. Hendrick and that obviously the five car, you know, given what happened in Martinsville years back with, with a plane crash that, that like, you know, Larson is like, Hey, I'd, I'd love to you know see the five car win today for Ricky. I wonder if Chase Elliott's feeling like he ain't the top dog in the building right now. <laughs> He's still the champ. Yeah. Can't take that uh, trophy away. What's Larson up to though now? Nine wins, nine wins. That's not Most bad. laps led in that just this year history in a 36 race schedule ever, ever. Yeah, he'll figure this shit out one day. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have that water in my mouth because I, I was close. How many laps has Hendrick Cars led in general this year? Jason, we just need to do a meme with with TJ saying that. Yeah. I know you've got the, the the audio. We just need to do anybody. A meme. Listen, you could take any of the A-plus a guys, and they're going to do what he's doing in this stuff. We know, TJ. You're never Did you wrong. not see Bob Parker's tweet? Did <laughs> well, you see his tweet? What was it? He said Kyle Larson doesn't do this. What did he say? It was like something like, did you see it? Mm-hmm. He said he doesn't think Kyle does this with um, Hendrick Cars, you know, a couple years ago or whatever. Here's the funny thing about that. Uh, I, I saw my good friend Casey Kane in the airport on the way to Kansas City. Oh, Casey. Casey and I were, were shooting this stuff, you know, and talking about the good old days. 
And I said, man, it's easy for me to say the spotter guy, the marketing guy, that I think Kyle Larson is the best driver in the world right now. But I'm going to ask Casey Kane because Casey Kane's he's a pretty good driver. I think he, what, 18 cup wins, certainly a stellar career over, over a span of time. So I said to Casey Kane, is Kyle Larson that much better than everybody else? And he looked at me and he said, yeah. Yeah, he is. He said, look at everything that he gets in. It goes really fast, and it doesn't even have to be the best equipment. So I'll go back when Kyle Larson won one of those races at Ganassi that year. He wasn't in the best car then. And, I mean, if you're, if you're – obviously, Kyle Larson is an A-plus driver. You're right. What is, what is Chase Elliott? Is he like a B-minus because he can't win nine races in that same car? I think Chase is, is an A. I think Chase is still up there. I'm just saying, like, he hasn't won nine races, and they're in the same stuff. But this – like, you can't really – this package four years ago is way different than what it is now. We didn't race like we didn't have the slot cars with the low horsepower where you drive around any lane you want. This package he's going to struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you Listen. a question, Britt. The two conversations you had with Casey K in the airport were about Kyle Larson and John Kraft. Is that, John Kraft, <laughs> yeah. So, so, Kay- <laughs> and, and actually, Casey uh, had yeah, worked John. <laughs> So Casey's like, hey, Brett, are you doing anything these days where you need T-shirts printed? I said, well, man, actually, I just came off of a run where I had a lot of stuff done and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, I got my T-shirt business going. I said, yeah, yeah, I talked to Hamlet about that. I said, how about how about my boy John Kraft? He said, oh, boy. He said, I tell you. He said, John came in. He worked that first day. I didn't think we'd ever see him again. He said his back was killing him. He was bent over double. He said he came back for day two, which I was surprised. He said, man, he rolls in. He works all day. He leaves that day. looks like a prep. So I knew we'd never see him again. He said, I'll be damned. Lo and behold, day three, here comes John Kraft. He said, he's like my MVP over there now. Did he take day two off? <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they have said when he's there, he does good. When he's there. <laughs> when he's there. <laughs> he looked like a pretzel. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear a little bit more about our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Denny and Harrison, welcome to the OfferPad family. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited. You guys ready? You know we're ready. You know at OfferPad, we're fast too. All online, cash offer in 24 hours. But we also like to make sure that each home selling experience feels special, easy, and different. You guys look awesome! OfferPad really is different. Yeah, awesome different. Home selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. Hey, what's up, BBC listeners? I know you guys are thinking about selling your home. Why wouldn't you, man? The housing market is going crazy. Well, guess what? We want to help you out. We know people. That's right, Brad. Our friends at OfferPad want to buy your home and make the selling process seamless. How do they do that, TJ? Well, they take an awesome different approach to real estate. You can log on OfferPad.com, fill out a five-minute form about your home, and then within 24 hours, OfferPad will send you a competitive cash offer man it's easy take that offer and you'll be one step closer to getting your move on plus cashing in offer pad has tons of perks including no showings picking your own closing day a free local move and more don't wait one minute longer to get started selling your home visit offerpad.com and when asked where you heard about offer pad select the nascar option so they know we sent you While racing Bubba Wallace for P10, Kyle Busch says, oh my effing God, dude, this kid. Freddie, spot on, spot off. 
I mean, spot on. What else is new? Kyle complaining about something. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what'd you do? We caught him and 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 we're trying to pass him. I guess if he didn't want to race, he could have moved over and let us go. Um, I listen. I don't know. We raced him hard, you know. And I don't know. I don't think this is a shock to anybody. Bubba is aggressive. So you ran him down, or he ran? No, we we caught him. We ran him down for tenth for tenth place. We're running him down for tenth place. We caught him, and uh, we were trying to go by him. And I don't know. You know, I I know Bubba. Like we got a good run off a of four one time, and Bubba pulled up down you know down the front stretch, stayed on his quarter panel to kind of drag him back, and then get the run into one. And I mean, obviously we raced him hard, but we're trying to you know Bubba's so got I a job like, to do. I feel like you're not. I feel like you're leaving something out. The whole I, racing hard part. What happened there? No, that's it. Like I, that's as far as meaning, I know. Meaning Kyle was expecting Bubba to let him go. Since what move happened to no, get Kyle? I don't know. Mad? Like what I honestly, move was it? I honestly don't know. There's two moves that happened. Did he slide job? There was one time. No, no. We one time in in middle of three and four. Uh, Kyle was on the bottom. We were up top. We came down to try and get a run on the outside of him. And I don't know if we got too close to him there, and he got upset. But I think when I saw Hirschman laughing, which is I assume when this was going on, was we we got a run off a of four and stayed on his quarter panel instead of like getting down to the bottom. Well, that's kind of what you got to do. Like we stayed on him down in the front stretch and pulled in. And unless there's something I don't remember, I don't know what he's talking about. Unless I don't know if he wasn't expecting us to pass him. But it wasn't like at the end of the stage. Like it was there was a good distance to go to a stage. So it wasn't like we were racing for a point. Um, at so that wait point. a minute. In Denny's terms, though, Kyle was supposed to let him go and get it back later. Kyle was supposed to let him go or Bubba? Yeah. Yeah. No, Kyle. You were I, didn't faster. See, I didn't hear it. Yeah. You were faster. Yeah, we ran. We caught him and passed him. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he didn't want to race. But I will race, say, like, there's, I mean, if I'm Kyle, I'm racing for, I'm yeah. racing. But oh, if you clear 100%. me, you clear me. You get me, you get me. Uh, I don't fault anybody for racing. But, yeah. you know, like, if, if he didn't want to race, if he's going to complain that we were racing too hard. So you support, you're spot on for Chase Briscoe last week? Because <laughs> you weren't here? You, you and I both know, all of us know. That these playoff guys, racing non-playoff guys, feel entitled, and if you don't believe that, you're on crack. Because yeah, they, I know I've spotted for playoff guys in, in multiple series racing non-playoff guys, and when that happens, the playoff guys feel entitled. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I mean a lot of the rest of the topics we'll be talking about includes that. Yeah, and I, I will say a lot of them act that way. It's the new thing. The whole generation, this whole world's entitled right now, so, including these so, damn cup drivers. So I mean. It's, Specifically for this topic, Kyle, they're both Toyota drivers. Would Kyle potentially think that Bubba should be supporting him and letting him go since so, he's almost on the cutoff line? So, I mean, maybe. But here's where, obviously, you look at the fact of the two of them's history. Uh, it's not great, obviously. You know, we had that deal at Watkins Glen. We had that deal yeah, but at back, Texas back, a couple back years Back up before that. Daytona. Back up before that when Bubba was driving for Kyle Busch. That didn't go so well. That didn't have a great ending. No. That kind of put Bubba on the street. It put him out with, with limited funding to be able to go finish and continue his career. Yeah. And, and, and and I can promise you, if that had happened to me and our Bubba Wallace, I'd still be mad about it too. Recent history, Daytona, the, co- the cutoff race Daytona, we're in a great position. We're leading the Toyota line, and we all go to the bottom, and guess who led the charge to hang us? Kyle Busch ran Kyle the outside. Bush ran around the outside of us. So – I mean, I don't think Bubba's out to get Kyle by any means, but I'm sure to, I'm sure he's not going to cut him any extra breaks. I just don't at any like, point. Listen to what you said. I doesn't. This is sounds like exactly what we'd have done if we caught Kyle as well to make yeah. a pass. I like, don't know. I don't. I mean, there's possible that he saw. Some, I just know that I knew, and I thought to myself, like that's aggressive. But 
but you're trying to go forward. You're trying to get in the top ten. Like, we don't have many top tens. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure it's maybe five. Do you, you know, know how many times I saw somebody side-dress somebody down the front stretch? <laughs> yeah, like, I just, you like know. Like, every single lap, almost every, he if you probably, could get somebody. He probably should have been more worried about the corner in turn two that he hit the wall three times than what Bubba was doing. But. I tell you what, I thought that was going to end his playoffs right there. He got lucky with everybody else having trouble, I including and obviously Blaney. Him wow. and Denny wreck more times and can get – like they come down pit road, get their car fixed. I thought Kyle was done right there. That's because Denny's great. I don't know about <laughs> But like Denny off of two at Texas, I'm like, he has the inside wall. And background he goes, like comes out 11, 11 still. Yeah. yeah, like it's amazing how they can salvage the finishes they do with cars like that. So, safe to say you guys are all spot off, except for Freddie. Spot on. <laughs> what? I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> oh. We're there to race, man. Spot on, spot off. Contact with Austin Dillon sends Ryan Blaney into the wall and out of the race. Blaney says he got wiped out when Dillon had plenty of room. TJ. I haven't seen a replay, but I, I, it was a pretty hard lick for Blaney to get off. Um, to have off a two there. I'd, so I'll be I'd be a little upset. So um, the replay, it just laid out, uh, three's probably half a car, quarter car ahead of Brian on the inside, and I'm not 100 percent sure this wasn't wind related again. Three just breaks loose and and chases it up into him and just catches Ryan in the right rear, a left rear, and Ryan you know tries to save it and corrects it into the fence. But I I think it's just a uh, you know looked to me like a racing deal. The three's up there trying well, to do everything not he do can it on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's just a scenario where he's. Doing the same thing he's done every restart. He's through the middle of three and uh, one and two. Ryan's not tight on his door by any yeah. means, and he just breaks loose and chases it into Ryan. It's it's a racing deal, and like Brett said, these guys like make up. What do you want? What do you want to just have a twelve car race every week now, or eight car race, whatever's left? Isn't because it, like no, I, I'm, I hate that it happened to Ryan because he had a great playoff run going. Now he's in the thick of things again, but that's like that. Like you're there to watch guys be on the edge a little bit, right? You're there to watch guys race side by side and. and you know, the thing not be gripped up where we can change six lanes in the middle of a corner. Like, you want to see guys making moves to pass each other and, str- and fighting a little bit, which it, I saw it, a lot. It seems what we needed for this package all along was just a bunch of wind. I mean, you got, I mean, we've talked about, TJ keeps using the word slot cars as to how good these, how good these cars are in the racetrack. But yesterday that wasn't the case. And, and Ryan Blaney's absolutely spot on with his well, comment. for most of the field. Austin <laughs> Dillon did have plenty of room. Uh, I was surprised that Austin Dillon lost the car. I think what happened there is when Austin Dillon lost it, he tried to catch it instead of spinning out, which obviously that's just his instinct. And as he tried to catch it, he chased it up the track into Ryan Blaney and it ended Ryan Blaney's day. And Ryan was in a pretty good spot for points. Um, if fourth place is going to be good enough to make it to Phoenix, he was in a good spot. Uh, spot off, man. That, that sucks for Ryan. But, look, man, Austin Dillon definitely didn't do that on purpose. But what, what fans don't always understand is these guys could get eliminated this week. Okay, but everybody that made the playoff can still race to finish as high as fifth in points. Even though you're not in the top eight right now, if you made the original playoff, you can go and outrun those guys in the point system. That means a lot of money. We're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake based on finishing in that top ten in points. So a lot of these guys are going to continue to be super aggressive as these races come down because there's a race within the race for them for a big payday at the end. I don't think people – I don't think our media – uh, members during the race necessarily do a great job of painting that picture because then there's also the owner's points. When you look at the 54 who races 
super aggressive. Obviously, shout out to him for a win last week. Brace is super aggressive at the Robo. I mean, we watched him, me and Freddie, drive Harrison Burton into the wall, his own teammate. But he's racing for a lot there for an owner's championship. So, uh, it's there's a lot of things going on out there. Freddie? Uh, yeah, it's just like I said, nothing, I don't, just wrong place, wrong time for Ryan. You know, it's just unfortunate for him. Fourth place in the Cup Series points will be good enough to make it to Phoenix. And current standings have Elliott plus 34, Hamlin plus 32, Bush plus one, and Blaney minus one, Martin Truex minus three, Kozlowski minus six, and Logano minus 26. Brett. Jason, I'm sorry. I skipped right over that last night when you sent me the show sheet. Uh, man. I have to go back to this is this is the biggest talking point for me going into Martinsville is which one of these guys that are not locked in and there's there's three locked in five that aren't I think one of those five is going to win this race I could be wrong because holy cow you got to go outrun the best driver in the world uh, a former winner in Martinsville Chase Elliott and obviously Denny Hamlin's really good there but man I I, I think these five guys and their teams I mean if there's any possible thing that they can do to their car to make it have the slightest advantage. They're going to all be pushing the envelope this weekend in the shops, on the setup plates. They've all got these big high-dollar laser machines that they go in and out of all day in their shops making changes. I think, man, this is just going to be a freaking MMA fight. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this, and again, TJ. So if you're you're going into this deal and you're the 9 and the 11 – you need a nine needs a seventeenth place finish. The eleven needs a twelfth place finish. How conservative do you race, knowing that there's five guys out there that are racing for their lives? I mean, do you do you just kind of like hang out and one hundred percent? You ride around. If two guys are getting aggressive near you, you let them go. Yeah, just you know that's one hundred percent. That's the that, one thing you got to look for this week is these guys. You know, two guys just need to finish the race essentially. You know, that's, and, that's hard for these guys to do though. It's hard for them. Look, I, I spotted figure for, it out. I spotted for Clint <laughs> Boyer. Clint Boyer would do exactly what you're insinuating should happen, Freddie. But I've also spotted for guys, and I've listened to guys on the radio that go, "Shut up! I don't want to hear it. I just want to race." I mean, Ryan Newman was one of those guys screaming into spotter a couple years ago about making it to the next round, making it into the playoff in general. Like some of them just want to go race. Now, is that small-minded thinking? Hell yeah. Is it stupid thinking? Hell yeah. You got a much bigger thing here working big picture wise uh which brian patty and clint boyer are always great at man you have to be aware of what's going on i think denny hamlin manages that very well i don't know chase elliott well enough to know how he manages that but to your point if you go out and do something stupid and take yourself out of this playoff oh we'll be on to you but if you're worried about making t-shirts instead of worrying about winning championships then maybe maybe that's your problem i i mean 80 percent denny at martinsville is gonna gonna transfer out and be fine you know same thing with chase so he's been good there. They go there. But but think about hindsight. If they go out and have one really good stage, yeah, then they're locked. now yeah. they only got to finish like 28th, 25th. So uh, I, I think it's a, a catch-22. They're definitely going to start up front. You know how much that helps at Martinsville. I mean, you could also one-cut tire down in a three and – Boom, changes your life. It changes your whole playoffs right there. Yeah, yep. I mean, you see a lot of times stuff like that. You know, stuff happens when you try to race different than you've been racing all year long. You know, you try to be more conservative and you and you kind of get around guys you're not really used to racing around. And and I think Denny, and Denny and Chase, they just you know they're going to run a fine race. It's not. It's probably not time to use the chrome horn on somebody. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> say know? this. I can say this outright. I am more excited about this race this weekend. Than I am championship weekend. 100%. I, I can't wait for the drama to play out in the Xfinity race. 
in the cup race. And I hate to say it, but then we're going to go to Phoenix where it's going to be a melancholy run. We could sit here all day and talk about how awesome this Martinsville race is going to be. And it will live up to the hype. It will be insane. Well, who wouldn't look forward to the Xfinity 500? I mean, come on. <laughs> I love Xfinity. Rate. It's true. <laughs> The F1 and NASCAR races go head-to-head on Sunday. Freddie. Um, so, listen, I don't know. This is – obviously, I think Brett talked – me and Brett talked about this a lot on Saturday night. And I think one of the biggest things that we missed out on here was the fact that we weren't on network television. You know, the, the Formula One race was on ABC and we were on NBCSN. would have been nice to have been at least heads up NBC versus ABC – uh, but you know, obviously this isn't on NASCAR. I've seen people about NASCAR. This is all network decisions. Um, obviously it's I, personally, I hated it because I would have loved to watch the formula one race, but, uh, you know, it's just tough. You know, I know Brett's got some other ideas on this too, but you know, it's just, you know, you look at them races and luckily for a NASCAR fan, our race is too long because the, the races start about the same time and, their race ended at four thirty. Our race, our race started at three seventeen. Stage two. We, when yeah, the race ended. We the the cup green flags at three seventeen. The F one green flags three oh five. Our their race ended at four thirty eight. Our first stage ended at four thirty two. So that's one hundred and eighty seven laps still to go in our race. When I guess you could turn over and watch it then, but I think it just goes to show you a lot of guys are comparing Formula One to Cup and what we got to do to make our our you know our prac our, our program more. Uh, enjoyable for the fans and and you look right there our race is twice as long as theirs and obviously they're not struggling at all right jason you want to say the word content here f1 <laughs> has some great content <laughs> mm. uh i am mega 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 spot off for the fact that we are head-to-head with them at all um that should not have happened uh nbc nbc sports network should have taken concessions and figured out a better plan but i go back to years ago you know, when we used to get our TV reports, the number one form of motorsports in America, the Cup Series. Number two form of motorsports in America was the Bush Series at the time, now the Xfinity Series. Number three form of motorsports in America was the Truck Series. Number four was IndyCar. And number five was F1. And when you saw the graph, this is back when we had 20 million viewers, right? But you saw the graph, and there's a little bitty dot for F1. That's the small minority of people that were watching F1 races. And now F1 has 140,000 Americans packed into this freaking place to watch a bunch of guys that can't pass. So so our same culture, though, our NASCAR fans fuss about us not being able to pass – these guys never pass. All the passing is done, for the most part, strategy. at the beginning of the race, and it's strategy and on pit road. And that's the only time you see passing. But what they've done is F1 has created this amazing culture that now Americans can relate to, thanks to Netflix's content, Jason. Yeah. Great thanks content. to some of their Twitter stuff. Thanks to some of the interviews that we saw to their drivers where they're Crossover. talking with a Texan accent. Like, they're doing a lot of things to make it relatable to the American culture, and it's very obvious as of yesterday, the American culture is going hey we want to be a part of this we want to see this a lot of people tweeted me saying they were watching f1 over the cup race nascar and i don't mean the sanctioning body i mean nascar in general the sport not being head-to-head with them if you're going to run it at the same time at least give yourself a chance to be relevant in the ratings abc ratings are going to bury nbc sports network ratings figure skating was on 
fucking NBC yesterday. So when you say it is a network thing, but by Freddie, it's a network decision. Yeah, it's a network decision, and they should have changed their minds. They should have put NASCAR up against F1 to at least give us a fighting chance because I think that dug us in a tunnel. But I'm telling you right now, if I'm NASCAR, if I'm Steve Phelps or Steve O'Donnell or whichever Steve's got the most power over there, I'm calling F1 and I'm begging to do a companion event next year. Because why wouldn't we want to go and run our race on Saturday when they had, what, 125,000 people there to watch qualifying? Why wouldn't we want to go out right then and run our race on television in front of all those people? We're already going to Coda, so it ain't like that's a new thing. Figure out how to make it to where we can align our schedules, make it part of the story. Because I would have loved nothing more. And, and, TJ, you tell me if I'm wrong. If we had raced on Saturday, would you have stayed over till Sunday to watch the F1 race? I would have tried to. Uh, that's what I was going to say is, like, they did some events this weekend as well with, with Daniel uh, Ricardo driving that car, driving a stock car around there. To me, you know, you hear, I think, I think the four, I think F1 drivers are interested in NASCAR. I think they are. They truly are. And I think our guys, truly we're are. all interested in Formula One. Yeah. And I can't even imagine an event held together like I would think it'd be great to race on Saturday the weekend of an F1 race. Um, F1 is obviously super popular because it's worldwide. You know, they race all over the world, so it's easier to attract a bigger fan base when you got, you know, when you do that. And you only, I mean, how many races does the U.S. get a year for Formula 1? One? One they're right they're, they're talking about two. three. They're talking well, about three. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Right yeah. now, they like, have two. But, guys. like, you're supposed to get one race, like, and you're not going to see them guys for years. So it's, uh, I got to go to that race. Um, I do think... There's a lot of personalities, and I think there'd be so many storylines and stuff to follow, interest in each other's series, things like that. If you know, I it'd be cool to see those guys come over to our side and take a look at the cars. I want to see our guys looking at their, you know, that's sit on our pit boxes, yeah, listen man, to our I, radio. We had, we had some of them at uh, I seen Mick Schumacher was at Texas. Uh, at well, Texas and Charlotte had a few. Yeah, so I mean they they come by. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I think telling you right cool, now, man. Lewis Hamilton. We were in actually, and I saw they had this event this past week, the the Walter Brothers Charity Event, which is one of the awesome events. Michael and uh, and Daryl do a great job of that event. But we were all at the stage in Nashville, and Lewis Hamilton was literally in America just to test, and he wanted to come to Nashville, and Lewis Hamilton could go wherever Lewis Hamilton wants to go. Yeah. Dude, he fanboyed out. He comes walking up the stairs, and I'm like, holy cow, that's freaking Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Hey, I want to meet Dale Jr. I want to meet Case Kane. I want to meet all these guys that are here. Like it was, it was truly awesome. So to your point, the cultures can totally cooperatively work together. I think so. And we've got to do that. We've got to figure out a way to do that. Please. I mean, picture – you know, three or four F1 drivers on pit road on, on you know, a couple hours off, no tra- no on-track stuff, or, you know, and a couple, Larson, Kyle Busch, we're going to do a, do a ride swap thing for a little bit, just something like... It, it, it truly is amazing, Jason, I will say this, because, and I, I, want, I want your opinion, we don't ask your opinion a lot on here, so, so you're getting away in no, right no. now. As Americans, Netflix documentary, changed the game. Cinna, changed the game. The Schumacher thing that just came out changed the game like you can't that is marketing to americans how great f1 is and jason is it working because at your age i'm surprised mm. you're following it you know what i mean yeah i d- couldn't care less about f1 two years ago my friend showed me the netflix documentary i'm watching it i'm like this is interesting it's crazy it's an easy way to get into the sport learn everything and be interested in it and it is a lot of people my age it's kids that like sports in general not nascar motorsports but are super into f1 now because they saw this documentary they saw the drama they saw the person and they're like, 
I'm attracted to that. I want to watch that. The personalities are big. Yeah. Guess where the content's at, though, TJ? The content's streaming. Guess yeah. where young people are? Streaming. They're streaming. They're not watching freaking ABC on a Sunday afternoon on their couch with a grandma. It ain't yeah. like that no more. And NASCAR had their Netflix show, but it was a comedy that didn't really do anything for the sport. More people aren't watching NASCAR after watching that show, but F1 has gained this huge audience because of putting a show like that on Netflix. If, if you're, I, man, I don't know who runs F1's digital content, but it's holy good. cow, there's, it's amazing. I'm assuming this has been released, but F, NASCAR will have some kind of Netflix show coming. Uh, yeah, Bubba Denny. Out of, out of the 2311 shop. I, I love that. Honestly, though, could you imagine <laughs> a documentary like last few last month between you know like going inside some of these stories because that's what they do. Yeah, you know, imagine imagine being on both sides of this feud. You know, the the rivalries that are going on. Like, man, that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. I we we have we as a sport have to figure out how to work together. And look, I'm even going to go so far as to say. Let's go run an international event with them somewhere. You know, we went to Japan before. Uh, we tried to create some marketplaces there. NASCAR's doing a lot of stuff right now in China with China. Obviously, they make a lot of our souvenir stuff, and and people, some people get nervous about it. When you hear about China, hey, China's a huge market with a lot of great people. Uh, I would love to see us go do something, man. Let's figure out a way to collaborate. Come on. So Jenna Fryer <laughs> Surface had- Paradise, <laughs> Australia. Jenna Fryer had a thread where somebody tweeted her about the fact that they live 10 miles from the track and yeah and they watched the f1 race and said and she asked why and a lot of people chimed in and i think the consensus was you know the number of commercials they had 15 to 20 minutes per hour for nascar where f1 has zero um the content as you mentioned the playoff format was something so different where it's I mean, it's exciting, I think, on our side. I think it works out really well. But I think for F1, it's just completely different. Yeah. The fact that the time of the F1 race when they are in other countries is at a time where it doesn't conflict with any other sports or it's on before anything else comes on, such as NFL. Um, And I just think, like, the announcing overall, the officiating, I mean, there's a long list. If you look at that thread, it's pretty interesting, some of the – thoughts that people have around what can change. I, st- I still say that F1 has done a phenomenal job of telling their story yep. to Americans, and we've got to do that. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise. Fans, I know we've told you for months about the automatic discounts you get when you place an item in your cart at RacingUSA.com, and they're guaranteed lowest pre-order prices. But we've never told you that they have more than half a million dollars of merchandise in stock, and they're ready to ship tomorrow. In addition to hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible die-cast cars available for 40 different drivers, including this weekend's Kyle Larson Kansas race-winning die-cast. And when you're shopping on RacingUSA.com, don't forget to enter to win this month's $200 gift card. Someone is going to win it. It might as well be you. $200 right in time for the old good old Christmas season. Whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Spot on, spot off. Sam Mayer makes contact with Harrison Burton in the Xfinity Series race while racing for third, taking out Burton and Noah Gragson. Gragson responds with stupid effing teammate. TJ. Um, yeah, I'm spot off on that. 
He just walked by out there. We yeah, should just did. bring him <laughs> on and ask him real quick what his side of the story is. Noah? No. No, Sam. The other Sam. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, this is one they were having, and I was up there watching the race. I was on the roof watching, and I they were having a great battle for th- or I don't know what position they were racing for. It wasn't that far back. It was third no, or fourth, right? It was right? awesome, yeah. Dude, they were three wide, swapping positions, and it was a lot of fun to watch <laughs> until that. <laughs> That's not – um. And those two guys, I believe Harrison and Noah were still eligible for the championship, right? Yes. Yeah, they're both in. So, I don't know. That's probably not a position. That's just one of them times where, okay, you might want to just cut a little bit of slack here. You know, you don't want to ruin these. These guys have been racing all year to be in that position, and you've bit your part-time. To me, that's that's a situation where you do surrender. You don't. Don't push the envelope right there. Yeah, if you're so, if you're a guy, you know, this goes for any driver that's listening. If you're a driver like in the position that Sam Mayer is in right here, where you're racing part time this year, you know, I don't know what he's going to make fifteen, twenty starts probably this year, and but you know you're going full time next year. Um, you've got two things you've got to accomplish this year: one, perform well to, to set yourself up for next year, and two is earn the respect of the guys that you're going to be racing for a championship next year. And this is kind of something I've been stressing to Derek Kraus the second half of this year, like we cannot continue on the road we're going here because we have to race all these guys again next year and you're going to get wrecked or get raced, you know, race hard, be raced hard because of the things you did at the end of this year when it didn't really matter. Um, so, you know, you've got to now build that respect back up. And, and I don't know that uh, Sam made a mistake. Um, it wasn't malicious again. I think, you know, he could have made a better decision. Like TJ said, you know, you know, Pulling up, he's in his interview. Sounded like he was anticipating the twenty to to kind of stay up a little bit and maybe not come down so much. And he was going to side draft him or tuck in behind him. Um, and he made a mistake, and it's unfortunate. And it costs two, you know, take two play. You got to race smarter around the playoff drivers. That's something I kind of stressed to all my guys before the race starts. Like, all right, let's have a good day today. Be smart around the guys with the red spoilers. He was doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, he was having a good job. You know, doing a good job. But you know, one the big thing I take away from it, he admitted fault. He accepted blame. Um, so that's one big step that a lot of guys can't get over. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, man, it sucks. You know, now Noah Gragson's in a must-win situation, and he wasn't. Uh, Harrison Burton is definitely in a must-win situation, and he was already close to that. Both of these guys were contending to be up front and have a chance to win, and it was all taken away. But I think this is good hard racing, and, I, and I'm going to go back to it again, and I'm going to say, you know, and, and I said this to, to Freddie the other night, you know, when you're new, your your job is to run all the laps because that's the way you get experience. Your next job is to not do anything stupid and be a part of the story, which we talk about drivers on here all the time that do stupid stuff and become part of the story. And when you when you do those things and you you you, you man, you just got to set yourself up for a longer plan than what you are racing in the minute right there. But again, Sam Mayer may not give a shit that these guys are in the playoffs. Maybe he doesn't care. There's a chance that's, that's true. That's possible. I mean, you, one thing to look forward to next year, folks, is there is a big rivalry between Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs that goes back to Canaan, Arco, wherever the hell they race each other. I don't think they like each other very much. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out through the year next year with both of them going full-time Xfinity. Did you see how aggressive Ty was? Ty Gibbs. He is so good. Is the most one of the most aggressive drivers Dude, I've ever seen. He can put the right front fender in someone's left rear quarter panel and run the whole corner until exit. Like there was a couple laps I thought Allgaier was going to turn him and just be done with him because he was. <laughs> did you see that? No, he was all over Justin, and I mean Justin's. 
I could read the right side door number off a of turn four that he had Justin so sideways a couple times, and, and he, <laughs> it's exciting to watch. I mean, I I enjoy. I, I'm excited like Xfinity Series next year too. These guys coming in, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, me too, man. Like I look at you know the 54 car, and 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 every driver that has driven that car except one has won in that race car. So it's very obvious that's a fast car. But I go back to what I say about Kyle Larson, how good he is. I'm debating how good is Ty Gibbs because it's obvious. Shoot. It's obvious he's won four races on a part-time schedule. He's won at multiple kinds of racetracks. Yeah, and it's not just like, one, oh, he's good at short tracks. No. No. Nah, Road this, course, this, you this, name it. This kid, and, and look, he's been in great equipment, yes, his whole career. Yes, that's not his fault. That's a good thing for Ty Gibbs. Yeah. He, he is as, I think he's going to be as good as advertised. I don't think you see him in the Xfinity Series very long at all. I say one year as of right now. Where does he go? I'm, I, he's he, not leaving he's Toyota. Not leaving, he's he's not leaving. Say, I don't think it's going to be Hendrick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that guy tabbed as a one-year and done Xfinity guy. If you had to pick, where does he go? Toyota. Yeah. Which car? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the man. biggest thing you'll you're you're gonna the biggest deciding factor of where Ty Gibbs goes is gonna be the next gen car. Because there's some guys that are probably towards the end of their career that if this next gen car comes out and they feel like it's not something they want to drive for a long time, that I could see a couple of guys at, at at the home base over there being like, you, you know foreshadowing what? I've had enough here. You foreshadowing? It's possible. Guy you argue with? <laughs> spot on, spot off. In response to recent cup race attendance, Kyle Busch said, make promoters great again is kind of our go-to. And Hamlin said it was agreed that, agreed that attendance in Texas was unacceptable in a meeting with NASCAR president Steve Phelps. Spot on, spot off. Brett. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm spot off for these comments um, being made public by our drivers. I don't I don't think this is a great look. Uh, I, I don't like it. Um, do I disagree with what they're saying? No, I, I actually don't. But I, I don't know what those guys talking about bad attendance in a public forum is going to do for attendance. You know, um, why don't you guys go out and do something to help our attendance is, is what I want to hear. Um, well, do I look at NASCAR and say NASCAR could do a better job? Yeah. Yeah, don't try to kill a rivalry with Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott because guess what that'll do? Let it play out. That'll sell freaking tickets at Martinsville. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just spot off for the comments. Look, I saw Kenny Wallace talking about it on his Twitter, you know, and he was saying bring back the the race day show, you know, and, and find a million bucks to go be able to do that thing every week. Let me and Kyle Petty go out there and talk about it. I love Kyle Petty. I love Kenny Wallace. I think they do a great job, but I think people got sick of hearing some of the stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at our show, Jason's favorite word again, content. Um, we're putting out very unique content. We're putting out very unique perspective. Uh, we're allowed to be opinionated for the most part. We kind of have to walk the line a little bit. TJ always walks the line. Um, but I think what you've got to figure out a way to do is develop some new personalities and develop some new stories and let this thing run its course. Don't intervene all the time. Uh, I, I saw the attendance yesterday on Kansas, and it looked bad. But look, what what lives in the Midwest? A lot of farmers. And you're out there in the dead center of harvest running races. And we hosted farmers on Saturday with Nutrient Solutions. And a lot of those guys had to leave their farm to come watch the race. You're asking somebody to leave their job to come be able to watch the race. That's really hard when you're a farmer. So I just think we've got to keep being strategic with how we – 
We place these races. Where we place them, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are still the biggest thing in Kansas City. That's one of those big football towns. I don't know about that anymore. Uh, well, they still <laughs> yeah. are, man, because I'm course, telling you. Yeah. Right it now, don't matter when they're good yeah. or bad. I mean, I yeah. got on a rental car bus yesterday, and the guy said, Chiefs Kingdom, go Chiefs all the way to the airport. Uh, I, I just think we've got to be really smart about where we put these tracks on the calendar. But at the end of the day, Casey, this whole thing is going to come down to how good is this new car on an oval racetrack? I think where a lot of people – kind of forget is if you take it from a sponsorship perspective if sponsors aren't seeing the value if people aren't at the track if people aren't going to their displays and like sprint for instance i worked on that account and i mean you had they would reward customers you can sign up to be a new customer they're not seeing the value and they're not getting new customers like that's their goal yeah so it's almost like a vicious cycle if they're not seeing the value they're not going to spend the money to be at the track so it is, it's going to be interesting what the next few years look like. I mean, it's, it's hard for fans, Freddie, to, to come out. If, if you've been a longtime NASCAR fan and you're used to buying a Saturday ticket and you come out and you walk the midway displays and there's all these cool things you can see and check out, new products, get free swag, that's awesome, right? Then you get to go into the track and you get to watch you know, the Xfinity Series qualify. You get to watch the Cup Series run their happy hour. You get to see a really cool pre-race. Um, then you get to see, obviously, the race, uh, the Xfinity race that day. None of those things are happening. The mobile marketing displays aren't there because the people aren't there. The people aren't there because of the way the tracks are having to, to run everything right now with COVID. It's, it's kind of a catch-22, but all I'm going to do is look at where are people going and why are they going and, and tell that story and get people back excited And because we have – the big names still here. Yes, we lost a lot of big names. I'm not, you know, ignorant to that fact that Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, I could go on and on. Big, big names, super champion guys have left our sport. But we still have a lot of big names here, Freddie. The 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 biggest thing I noticed on Saturday, so I you know, I was in the, hanging out in the suite with the Nutrient folks and um, my buddy George, Nicole's son George, and uh, some other folks maybe wanted to go take a look at the roof real quick, so I kind of snuck them up there. But the short walk we took to – to go to the staircase to get to the roof, they we were looking out over the midway, and the first thing they asked me was, "Where's all the stuff that used to be out here? Where's all the why? Why is there no team? You know, t-shirt trailers? Why is there no? You know, there used to be a lot of cool stuff out here in the midway, and now that seems like there's nothing. Did they just get rid of all that? And I'm like, well, I said, it's kind of COVID related, you know, but but that's those are just, these are just random fans in Kentucky, probably I mean, uh, Kansas, probably their first race maybe. And uh, maybe not because they've seen that stuff before. But the first thing they say to me is, you know, where's all this, the the cool stuff that used to be in the midway for us to do? Um, so I, you know, I think you got to get back to that. Obviously, I heard some comments this week about how we have to, you know, mimic the, you know, try to get to the F1 model of, you know, it's not going to happen. Like TJ talked about, people flock to these races because you get them one time for per country. You know, you're going to get a huge following because Can't they're only that. they're only coming one time to the for the whole yeah. year. Um, but, you know, I can't tell you how many times, and I don't know if this is just a marketing thing, an advertising thing, but how many times, Brett, have we been in a bar watching college football on a Saturday or the Xfinity race last year when we weren't working the Xfinity races, and you're talking to the bartender and you're like, hey, can you put the Xfinity race on? And the guy goes, where's that at? It's like, oh, it's it's 10 minutes down the road. You know, there's a big cup. They have no idea. They have no clue that there's a race in town. Nobody that works there in these restaurants in the area. And I'm talking, we're staying, we're never staying more than – 15 to 30 minutes away from the racetrack and and they have no idea people don't have any idea there's a race going on in town so uh, th- that's one thing we have to fix to begin with but then obviously i just don't know what what are the other solutions we can do because obviously we saw this last year we talked about with covid and 
The, the tracks make their money off the TV deal. The, yeah. the TV deal pays the track so much money that I don't know if that's a, a number one factor in losing the emphasis on race attendance, but you know we got to do something to, to to promote the events that are coming to town at least. Who's the track president of Marsville, TJ? Clay Campbell. Who's the track president of Phoenix? Uh, Julie Geis or Geis? We, we've got to lean on those people. We've got to know who those people are. they got to be out in the communities. They are. I mean, I look at Carrie Tharp on, on Twitter all the time, Darlington president, uh, works extremely hard in the state of South Carolina, works colleges, works the communities. He's constantly out there pushing the narrative of how great Darlington is because, to your point, yeah, we only go to – um, South Carolina once or twice a year. So we only go to that state. Now, is it a country like F1? No, but it's still that area. We've got to have those people coming out. TJ, it's always been a culture. I mean, I've been going to NASCAR races since I was four years old. And it's always been about the culture and the two or three days while you're there, how much fun you can have. Because most of our fans don't just go for four hours. My first race was at Watkins Glen. And... I was up early in the morning, like when the garage opened, and I was hooked from that point. And we went and rented scanners. Um, I listened, and I mean, I couldn't. I watched every race from that day on. So, you're you're not gonna the amount of money that you have to spend to go to these races is is high. You know what I mean? And it's it's you know obviously it's the hotels price gouging and stuff like that. We see it everywhere we go. But what was F one? But what was the cost I, of a ticket? I don't know, but that's almost like our point yeah. is they're, this is the first time, the only time they're coming here. So you're right. going to go. But like, it's, I mean, it's, we're talking thousands of dollars probably, right? I mean, to go take your family of three or four, whatever, to a cup oh, race. $2,000. You know, and, and you're not going to want to go just to watch a race. You know, you're going to want to go see yeah. practice. You're going to want to go I, see yeah, a concert. For sure. You're going to want, you know, you got, you're going to need to make that valuable to, of, wor- of worth to you. It can't just be, we're going to go to the track on Sunday or stay over Saturday night and go on Sunday. Like, you need multiple days of something going on, whether it's events, action on the track, something. But we, we need to do a better job of that moving forward. I still think, you know, what do you do at a dirt race? When they everything when they throw the checker flag after the last race, what happens? Everybody starts drinking beer. No, they go Where into do, the pit <laughs> they area. They go meet their heroes. Yeah, and yeah. the give guys are all sitting in there drinking beer at their cars. But yeah. what I'm saying is, like, I, I just feel like, I just feel like there's you there needs gonna, to be you're, more. You're not, not going to change that part of our yeah, culture. No, I, that's not. I'm just saying to me, why don't they schedule? Sessions where you know that you know you're going to bring people if they know used to be. So some tracks do that, and some tracks do a great job. Talladega still does an incredible job where they're, I mean. They include the drivers. Yeah, they include the drivers. They make it a weekend, like, experience because of how much people are spending. That's what it has to be. And I also think that it has to do with the markets, too. I mean, NASCAR has research on which markets are watching, which markets are NASCAR fans. The South is a big deal. It's it's so hard as a, as a person who loves our sport to watch some of the things that we do, right? So I'm sitting here, and, and I was very engaged with a Sprint sponsorship to Casey's Point. TJ and I both were. We both have personal service agreements with those guys. Did a lot of promotions for them. And they paid a million dollars to have Bon Jovi you? come play. No. I wish. I would still be sitting here. They paid Bon Jovi a million dollars to come play three songs before the Daytona 500. Do you realize how much attention that got and how exciting that got? Well, when those sponsors stop spending that kind of money to activate their sponsorships, NASCAR has done very little to replace that. Somebody has to spend money, and that's either got to be the track 
or that's got to be NASCAR, or that's got to be the local area. Somebody's going to have to spend money to promote these races because, to Freddie's point, I landed at Talladega on Saturday last year. I was only spotting the cup race, and I landed an hour before the Xfinity race. I went and checked in my hotel. I went to the barbecue place right there off of I-20 in Anniston, Alabama, and I walked in, and golf was on. Everything's on except for NASCAR. And I said, hey, can we get the NASCAR race, the Xfinity race on these TVs? Well, I don't know if we get that channel. I was like, well, can you check? Sure yeah. enough, not only do they get the channel, they could turn it on. And, and so you can't be 10 minutes from Talladega and then not even have a race on. But that is a community problem. Yeah. Dale Jr., Tony Stewart, and Clint Boyer will test the next-gen car at Bowman Gray this week. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. I mean, they finally listened to us. We've been saying for a while on here that they need to get some retired drivers in there. And I uh, hope somebody gives Dell Jr. a lap time. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good lap or a bad lap? Um, obviously, the, that the, the biggest takeaway for me is you can't pick a better guy than Tony Stewart. Probably one of the most talented drivers that ever sit in a cup car. Uh, top three, at, at least. Uh, and then this is a good opportunity for our TV analysts to get in the next-gen car and drive it. Clint Boyer, Dale Jr., uh, this gives them guys a platform to talk about how the car drives. Obviously, a little different being at Bowman Gray, but uh, you know, it's just a good idea for them guys to get in there so they have some kind of feel for what these guys are going to be feeling next year. I would assume that these two will probably get in another car at another place to get another feel for it. But uh, yeah, I'm spot on for this here deal. And I still think it's borderline insane that we're taking these cars to Bowman Gray to start. But well, whatever, it'll be a hell of a show. Right. Um, look, the guys that are going to have to sell us this next year on television are Dale Jr. and Clint Boyer. And if they don't have seat time in these cars, they're not going to know what they're talking about. I would go a step further, and I would love to see these guys race in that exhibition race out there in L.A. Because I know Clint Boyer put his helmet on to do it. Tony Stewart, he'd do it. Dale Jr., he'd probably do it. Um, I, I think this is great. Now, I think this this has two effects. Number one, they're not going to get out of the car and say anything negative publicly about this car. So fans, don't expect that because they're getting paid. Tony not. Well, you know what? Tony might. He might get out know. of that car and blast them. Dale Jr. <laughs> and Clint Boyer make millions of dollars to talk about how great NASCAR is on TV. So don't expect them publicly to get out and say anything negative about this car. Now, privately, I think there's a lot of things they can do. But at the end of the day, I don't think this is a tool to make the cars better. I think this is a tool to make our storytellers be able to tell the story about how this car is and how it drives. TJ? I'm spot on because it does these guys get in seat time, especially two of them being analysts, you know, and one's just going to tell you probably how it really is. Uh, I, I think Dell Jr. will be pretty honest. He's been pretty vocal about things. You know, even if it's negative, he's been pretty vocal about it. So I think he – and he's out of the car at Richmond. Obviously, it was an Xfinity race, but he's still – him and Clint both still, you know, fairly new, you know, fairly, a familiar short track. So I think it's good to get them guys to go and do it. Um, I don't expect a lot of negative things to come out of it. But also, it's good to get guys like this that aren't really, you know, they're not pushing it. They're not part of a, a team, really, you know, that, in my opinion, they're, they're not driving anything. And um, I think getting these guys' opinions and this is a fair this is a fair test for not giving anybody any advantage or anything as well. Three really good short track racers. Yeah, really good. Three really and good I, short track I racers. I think they're – so you're taking these three guys there, and then I heard uh, – I think they're going to Withville, the dirt, to test for the dirt race with Stuart Friesen driving. So, again, you're not giving anybody 
you're not giving anybody an advantage on getting in this car on dirt. Yeah, I love it. I, I think it's awesome. I will say this though, I, you know, watching the uh, the broadcast back on from Saturday, and you've got Dell Jr. standing in the booth, and you got Jeff Burton right beside of him. And their two cars wreck each other. Harrison Burton and Noah Gregson yeah. wreck each other. I was expecting them guys to throw their headphones off and just start start throwing haymakers. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was it was you know that that's awkward for them guys. I it's mean, it's, be. it's it's Jeff's son, and then it's Dale Junior's car, and they're both in this playoff. They and should you, just keep the mics hot when Dale's, they go to Dale's, Dale's son Noah. Uh, but I literally I was watching. It, I was like, yeah, holy awkward moment. <laughs> well, be awkward. before we go in the reaction theater. Brett, they're clearly listening to you because Adam Stearns tweeted that NASCAR Strategy Group put together a mock 2031 schedule. And Did you say 2031? Yes, just to kind of see what things would look like. And Ben Kennedy did say he'd also like to see a cup race on foreign soil. So there you, go. you never know what 2031 could bring. I, hope I just hope it's foreign soil with Formula One. That's <laughs> what we were getting at. I just hope it's way before that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to look at the rest of the article. But Can you imagine Freddie's liver points. that many years from now? Yeah, poor guy. I ain't going to make it to 2031. <laughs> I, no I didn't want to say it, but that's what I feel. 2031, what? Jackpot Party is a leading free-to-play mobile game that provides players an authentic Vegas experience with a splash of unmatched fun. Jackpot Party hit big with AJ Allmendinger's victory at the Roval, and three lucky Jackpot players got their hands on his signed driver's suit and helmet. Wow, that's awesome. Thousands of NASCAR fans downloaded Jackpot Party from the App Store and Google Play, and just because the sweepstakes is over, it doesn't mean the party's going to stop. So download jackpot party today and enjoy the vegas slots and fun on your phone free to download and free to play that's jackpot party download it today time for reaction theater okay i'm honestly getting tired of sam mirror tj do you spot for this idiot too <laughs> i don't spot anybody <laughs> you spot any next year i don't know maybe might. So, I may be the lone NASCAR fan in Newport Beach, California. This is definitely an F1 town, as evidenced by my Dale Sr. tattoo, regularly being mistaken for a Danny Rick tattoo. I was pretty excited for the crossover of Ricardo driving the 84 Wrangler car this weekend. I just wish it was at Bristol, but I digress. I do take issue with his repeated interviews in his quote-unquote NASCAR accent and his desecration of DW. Sir, I do not care if you have 5 million Insta followers and drive a fancy British car. You leave Daryl Waltrip alone. Mike Davis, please don't let him do the download unless he promises to leave his Borat does NASCAR voice at home. Uh, maybe he's the idiot. Maybe I'm the idiot. Either way, this is Reaction Theater. That's my reaction. I, I bet you're fun at parties. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with this one. Uh, oh. Are you calling her an idiot? No, I'm not saying you're an idiot. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> but, Mike Davis, I do not want Daniel Ricardo on your show because I want him on Door Bumper Clear. Yeah. So, Daniel Ricardo, if you're listening, which it sounds like you are. Obviously, listen. I guess you want, him to, you want to sit in his lap while he I, comes on here, too. I would <laughs> like, fair to please say? come on Door Bumper Clear. Please. <laughs> what would we you won't wear, tell Chessie? We would be a... What, what would you wear if he came on? Oh, we're not going into this. <laughs> 
I saw your I know. I saw your messages about how badly you wanted to meet this guy. I do want to meet so him. It, he seems it's, great. It's obvious that there's something there between you two. Daniel, you're more than welcome to come in a midget too. I'll set you up in one of Chad's cars. He may not Make like happen. fetishes. Chili you don't never know what fetishes oh, this guy's into. He's probably not messy either. You know what? Whatever. Honey, hey, I get you, honey, I get your reaction, and, and I get you're entitled to your opinion. But, man, people, stop being so butthurt. The guy was having yeah. fun. The guy was throwing out an accent. I thought it was freaking awesome. Um, he even said door bumper clear in yeah, his little I mean, freaking accent. Dude so. just ha- and he always just has fun. If you watch the documentary, you can see the dude just – I bet if he was at a party, you would laugh at him. That I was glad he, he's a listener. That was not like – that was actually him trying to – do an accent. It wasn't him making fun of an no. accent. You know, that's like yeah. that was him trying to. It's like you trying to do an English accent. You're not making fun of yeah, them. Let's not forget the most awesome English accent. The most important part about I love English people is that uh, Danny Ricardo is a Buffalo Bills fan. So that's all that really matters. He okay, we can Bills. stop now. Next one. <laughs> this message is for TJ Majors. Tighten oh, up, wait. baby. Let's go. Solid. Okay. Good job referencing the Bills right there before that call. <laughs> Big shout out to Chris Bosch and Ben Stiller for being the only representatives of America who gave Martin Brundle the time of day on the grid in front of millions of people across the entire world instead of just blowing him off like he was a nobody and moving on about their day. That goes on to you, Serena Williams and Megan the Stallion. I don't even know what kind of name that is. All I can figure is that she has a giant <laughs> Anyways, boys, I know that's not NASCAR, but I'm a little perturbed by the fa- by the way that they treated these guys. Megan Thee Stallion uh, does a really cool commercial for our competitor, uh, <laughs> Bojangles, uh, the <laughs> brand. I, Megan Thee Stallion is, is a huge name. I don't know. I know Martin. Like, Do you know who Martin Brundle is? Yeah, I mean, Martin Brundle's. I mean, very... Decorated Formula One driver. I tell you who I didn't know. I didn't know the guy that was uh, making his debut in a super late model that Hannah put out on her Twitter. Said he was a pop culture about. guy. Oh, are you kidding Frankie me? Frankie Muniz. What's you he don't do? know who that is? He was on some popular show yeah, back he was in the day. At, he was he a was kid, short kid. He's a kid actor. Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm yeah. in the Middle. Oh, I thought she said he was a freaking, like a pop star. Well, that kind of was. He probably had pop song back in the day. Oh, he was like a child I, actor. I heard of Malcolm in the Middle. Nicole Beals, he's a rapper. <laughs> How the f*** does a playoff race at Kansas get pushed off the main channel for f***ing figure skating? Are you f***ing kidding me? We're, we're, we're being put on NBCSN for figure skating. That's f***ing ridiculous. You, you did a much better job disguising your voice. Yeah, that was, where'd you get that, that voice disguising app at? Hey, this guy ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. You don't think millions of people tuned in to watch figure skating? <laughs> Who the f*** Watches figure skating <laughs> figure in skaters. October, and it's not Olympic related. I find it hard it to believe in that February. if you were to line up a hundred people and did a survey on what they would watch, figure skating would prevail over NASCAR. Name a figure skater right now. One that one that skates right now. Freddie Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please do a meme of Freddie Kraft on figure skating? Oh my gosh, that's. I'd New T-shirt. My, I'd twirl my ass off out there. Yeah. What do you call? That's not twirl. They have a name for it. I'm sure. I don't know what the hell it's called. I mean, watch figure skating. <laughs> well, if you tuned into NBC yesterday, you could have learned all about it. 
We used to play Chinese freeze tag when we go figure skate. What the f- is Chinese, Why is it Chinese freeze tag? What's well, the difference between Chinese yeah. freeze tag and freeze so, tag? So in Chinese freeze tag, when you get tagged, you have to freeze. The only way to get unfrozen is someone has to slide between your legs, and then you're unfrozen, and you can okay. go back to base. That's that's the difference right. in freeze tag versus Chinese freeze that's tag. That's dangerous. Ricky Stenhouse <laughs> raced in his 34th race of his ninth season, and yet he's still making mental mistakes. Black flag for improper restart. Black flag speeding on pit road. How does this guy still have a job? So also, little news on that. Uh, Senhouse has a new spotter starting this weekend at Kansas. Yeah. 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 Mike so, Kelly. Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly's been around for a long time. Mike too. Kelly's been around Stenhouse for a long time. I think yes. they were, he was his crew chief when he won them Xfinity titles, right? Yeah. And he was crew chief, I think, for a year in, with Cup with him or a couple years. Yeah. And then he were, he's been on Ricky's Cup team probably since then. You know, almost everywhere he goes. Everywhere he yeah. goes. So they've been together a long time, and it's, and and we talk about the spotter job is a lot more about relationships than it is the job. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously you got to do a good job, but you know, if you got somebody up there you're comfortable with, and 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 that's a that's a big deal for them. I and do, I, I do think it was a a different view. I think I think Mike will get a different perspective of it now, I'll, which I'll, is good. I'll tell you what, Mike found out yesterday. It's cold on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> he was freezing, I think. And he probably one thing you probably don't see, you know, if you're on the pit boss or down there is things that happen that we see every lap that guys do to manipulate air, things like that. I mean, we see it constantly every corner. We see it sometimes you see it before it happens. You know what, you know what I mean? Like he's starting to see all that now. And you got to and you got to like I told Bubba, we were racing hard around the 47 at one point and I said, "Hey, just be smart." Brand new spotter up here. I mean, I think he's done some second spotting stuff, but never done ovals, I don't think, to my knowledge. Uh, I was like, hey, be smart around this guy because you never know. Yeah. You know, Obviously, Mike's going to do a good job. But and off turn four can be difficult in Kansas, 100%. too. That's Garrett. And you got to <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonder. Like, So we talk about two of our biggest jo- – like the one of the biggest parts of our job is knowing the rules and knowing – the where you're supposed to be lined up because it can get tricky if you're back there in the wave round lap down deal where you're supposed to be lined up and now and i think that the the 47 may have had a penalty and potentially lined up in the wrong lane because instead of just it's hard to do it's easy to do back there when you you've been we've been so long it's been you just tail the field now you're tailed the longest line so you have to be in a certain line if you're a, a penalty car now whether it's Eight guys long in the bottom or whatnot, you can't pull to the top. And I don't know if that's not what happened. But, again, you know, it's, it could have been a miscommunication with New Spotter, learning the ropes here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes moving so forward. So this happened – where were we last week? Texas. Texas Okay, happened. Texas. So 34. 30, yeah, 34 actually was supposed to be in the back of the line. Well, he starts creeping up around the outside lane and just starts passing a bunch of cars out there and gets a black flag. And that's, a, that's another New Spotter. Yep. Um. You know, it's a guy that's filling in for Clayton Hughes lately. Look, um, I don't know why when you have so much on the line that you would put, you know, a new spotter in a situation that he's not ready for. And, and we've all been a new Cup Series spotter at some point in our life. But you still have to be ready for it. Now, I will say this. Mike Kelly, obviously, very experienced racer. I've been around the sport for a very, very, very long time. He'll probably do just fine. Yeah. Um, that first day, Tona, race. Get ready, buddy. Buckle up your belts, nice and tight up there on that roof, because you're in for a little surprise. I think this was a good move. I think this is honestly a good move on their part because, like I said, Mike's Mike's never done this before, and um, you know Frank Denny had an opportunity to take another job for next season. I think he informed the team of that this year. That was Ricky Spotter. 
Uh, so he informed the team that he was going to be moving on to a different job next year. And they said, okay, well, we were kind of wanting to go to maybe Mike next year. Um, so now let's – we got a head start. We get, we get to – we get a three-week tryout now to make sure Mike's going to be comfortable with this. Ricky's going to be comfortable with Mike, and and I think that's a good move so that your first race isn't Daytona. You know, I mean, not that we're not that we're plate racing by any means right now, but it's good to get a couple out of your way before we go to Daytona in February. And like so many other times this year, Kyle Larson leading the first couple laps at a mile and a half makes you want to turn off the damn TV for three hours because you know he's going to win the damn race. Three wins in a row going into the elimination race at Martinsville. Crazy. You want some cheese with that wine? Hmm. Witness, witness and greatness, buddy. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Holy big kahunas. If you didn't think Kyle Larson was the best wheelman in NASCAR after his last lap pass attempt at Darlington, then him side-drafting Tyler Reddick three wide for the lead, wow, that should seal the deal. Big boys. Big boys. Big boy. I see you tweet about this. Like, we should lock them two guys in the room, the, the last two callers. <laughs> Let them fight it out. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, man, he, he I'll tell you, Reddick made a move on, on the front stretch that was epic. I mean, it was a Dell yeah. Jr.-esque move at a plate track, honestly, the way he pulled that off. And then going down the back, Larson realized how much momentum that eight car had, and he literally just laid it right there on his right rear. You couldn't have put a sheet of paper between the two cars and it drug him back. They later made some contact getting into one doing the same thing. I personally think Reddick was being a little too aggressive in that situation. But it is amazing how precise these guys can be doing this. It's awesome to watch. It's fun to watch two guys. Like Kyle doesn't have anything to lose at this point right there. You know, he does he's already locked in, so he's shooting, I mean, aiming for the fan like just like Tyler. Tyler wants to win. I guess so. Dale Earnhardt was doing this in the eighties before yeah, people even knew what this was. I think this uh, is great, it, and, and it's and it's dominant right now. I mean, if you if you're not willing to go out and block like an and side draft like an, you're not going to make it in the Cup Series right now. So basically, you need to be in in the Cup Series. You got to race like one. I, hey, there's t- you. You cannot be a nice guy right now and expect to do well. It ain't going to happen. To leave an audio message twenty four seven, go to anchor.fm slash door bumper clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones on the show each week. Offer pad question of the week. Happy Halloween week, guys. What usually happens at your home on Halloween? Brett. Depends on the year. Last year, I don't know what happened at my house at Halloween. <laughs> uh, a, friend, a friend of mine, Rusty Rush, showed up <laughs> with about 10 bottles of Hiradura. Uh, and so instead of getting trick-or-treat candy, you got tequila shots. So, um, And Freddie showed up dressed as me, <laughs> and I didn't even know he was me for a while. Um, and I was the first oh, one to go yeah, to bed at my Halloween about. party. My house Halloween is really fun. We have a bunch of haunted trails in our neighborhood. The, 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 the people go all out to decorate these things. So when you go trick-or-treating, Casey, you may come up on a keg. You may come up on a wine bar, um, and obviously there's tons of candy and stuff to do for the kids. There's bounce houses in people's backyards. Like it is, it is super duper fun, and it takes about two and a half hours to walk this trail. So last year, I knew. So I we were doing probably Xfinity race. I assume truck, truck Xfinity race on Saturday, something at Martinsville. So I was like, I'm, I, I obviously knew I was going to dress up like Brett. So I was going to. We go to Brett's every year, so that's what we do. Our house, we put a bowl of candy in the front yard and go to Brett's house. But uh, so 
I all so before I could even leave, Brett texts me and he's like, or Megan texts me. She goes, "Some guy named Rusty's here," and I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I'm like, by the time I said I might not even come because by the time I this is three or four hours away. I'm like, by the time I get there, everybody's gonna be drunk because you cannot be around Rusty Russ and not do five shots of tequila at one time. It's not allowed. Um, so. I was like, oh, man. Well, by the time I get there, I hustle down there. I don't, they, they were out on the trail. I met them at the house, and I dressed up like Brett in Brett's bathroom. And <laughs> I come out, and Clint's the first one to walk in. Clint sees me. He's dying laughing, taking pictures. Brett walks in and just looks at me, and he's like, he's just tequila out. He has no idea that I am dressed up like him. And everybody's laughing, and Brett's just staring at me, and he's like, well, I don't what What's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> Do you not know? Look at my outfit. Is there a picture of this? Uh, yeah, there yeah, is. There is. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was on Twitter. <laughs> he, had a, he had a gap tooth. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Have you never a, seen it? Had a red beard. So. It's hilarious. Well, here, here's here's the first thing I noticed, and I was like, <laughs> Freddie. And this is this is this is me being as honest as I can be right now. I had no idea he was me. And I look at him, and I go, Are you wearing my socks? <laughs> and and so people are laughing, and they're like, Hey, dumbass, he's you. And I'm like, He's what? I look at him, I was like. Off, <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, we're hanging out. There's a bunch of there's still a bunch of people there, and I, I we're downstairs hanging out. We're raiding Brett's bar, and I'm like, "Where's Brett? I gotta tell him something." They're like, "I don't know where he's at." So I'm like, "Where <laughs> can he be?" So I go wandering around the house, and I'm like, "Brett, wake up!" Like he's in bed already. It was like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm like, "Damn it, Damn. Brett!" I had to race the next day. I had to get my eight hours of sleep. No, <laughs> TJ, what about you? Uh, I used to have this really cool. Halloween bowl for candy, and it was like this. I don't know. It was really cool. I, I and honestly, I think um, I think Shauna Robinson bought it a long time ago when I had her decorated townhouse, and it was and the ki- these kids stole it. So now I <laughs> go find I, it every Halloween. Now, yeah. So now, like every Halloween, I like walk that's, around. That's I'm like Easter. I'm like, wait a minute. I keep checking all these people's front porches and stuff, hoping to find that bowl, but. I don't know. It, it's uh, a constant trick or treat at the door, and I'm gonna send uh, you guys a video. TJ, you would like this. You should bring your oh, no. uh, your kids over. My neighbor has a 12 year old son, and he has built all these things around Halloween. You have never seen so many things in your life. There's all these creatures, and what do you call them? Things that move like animatronics or something crazy. Uh, like you yeah. go into their garage, and it's like a little haunted house and garage. This guy, this, really? this I think this twelve year old kid's like famous on YouTube or something. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll send. I'll make a video of it. Hmm. I'll probably get shot at today when I go do it because I don't know if they expect people there during the day. But I'll make a video of it, and send it out. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Halloween's kind of becoming like Christmas. People are putting those music things up with things dancing in their windows, and Halloween's kind of getting to that point. Yeah. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. Our Xfinity X-Fi More Than Fast Moments. You need more than just speed to compete in NASCAR. Where did we see teams need to be more than fast this week? TJ. I mean, I don't my you know, I, I don't know how you don't give uh the Xfinity X5 more than fast moment to a guy like Ty Gibbs, man. Drove through the field after a penalty. Um, just goes up there and takes it. Gets the win. Ready? Yeah, I mean, my more than fast moments got to be Kyle Larson. I mean, nine wins on the year, coming back. You know, he got a 
you know, you used to seeing him up front dominating these races, and he kind of fell behind, had a little contact with the wall, a little bit of contact with the left side, and still comes back to win the race. I mean, it's just hard to argue with, the like Brett says, the best driver in the world right now. My more than fast moment goes to the wind from this weekend because anytime you have guys that are this talented just driving into the wall, it's got to be because the wind is blowing that fast. So congratulations to the Kansas City wind. You guys think, can have uh, it. Toto, Toto blew by the racetrack right in the middle of the race, I think. I think Kyle Larson will win the Xfinity X5 more than fast year. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean. I will say we've had a few fans submit their Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. Some good ones coming. So keep keep tweeting at us. They're, they're pretty good. We like it fast here on Door Bubble Clear, but what we really like is being more than fast. And thankfully, there's always tons of action and plenty of things to pick from on our Xfinity X5 more than fast moment, TJ. And do you know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you'll also get reliable performance that you can depend on to keep your crew connected. On the track, being more than fast means you've got the teamwork and strategy that it takes to win. With Xfinity XFi, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity XFi more than fast moments. And Casey, don't forget to vote for your favorite. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Time for Brett's favorite topic, what an idiot. Leaving the airport yesterday, uh. <laughs> get into my car, pay my parking deck ticket, get on the road, and I'm driving out, and there's a Toyota in front of me, and she's in the left-hand lane. At the time, I don't know what's a lady. And she proceeds to slow way down and get into the left-hand turning lane. I am two lanes over in the far right-hand lane, and all of a sudden, she turns her wheel 90 degrees to the right, stands on the gas, and drives into my driver's side door and completely demolishes my truck. So my what an idiot goes to people that drive and do not pay attention to their surroundings. This lady, uh, her car was absolutely destroyed. Nobody was hurt or I wouldn't be making fun of how stupid she was. Um, but that's essentially my what an idiot for the week. What? So did you say what an idiot? Is that the word you used? I, I don't know what I said. I jumped out of my car and I was like, what the f- was that? So she got mad and she started cussing me and I was like, thank God this is a woman. And I got back into my car and waited for the police to get there. (laughs) My what an idiot. I don't know. I could go around the table and just pick people here. I I see Casey broke the strap on the back of her phone somehow. (laughs) What an Uh, idiot. TJ's what an idiot last week wasn't anything. I mean, he hasn't picked one in like three weeks now, so he could be an idiot. (laughs) I just like everybody, man. But... I do have to give it to my best friend, Spotter Brett, next to me. What I do for picking the Charlotte Panthers this week oh, in wow. our survivor pool, a team that lost three games in a row before this weekend. Thought they were going to turn around, and Brett essentially bet eleven thousand dollars on them this weekend. <gasps> I'm out, but I was going to bet the 49ers if I didn't pick the Panthers. So either way, I was going to lose. I was going to be an idiot. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use a really good team. So my chance at twelve thousand dollars. Is gone. <laughs> what an idiot. Fair. I'm going to go with a guy that's been in the building recently and took out two playoff guys. So that's just a no-no in my in my opinion. I don't think, you know, I know it was a mistake, but at some point you got to draw the line and, and say, hey, I'm going to be here all next year. This is my learning year. These guys are running for a championship. So 
I'll go ahead and give it to Sam Mayer. Well, Sammy. TJ's coming back Xfinity race next year. We know who one guy is not spotting for. <laughs> True. <laughs> Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. So, Freddie, obviously you had uh, had had the COT test a couple weeks ago. You missed last week's show. COT. Um, yes. Well, it's still a Next car gen. tomorrow. Next gen it's test. still a car tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. How old uh, are you? <laughs> 46, I think. Uh like, is there anything from the test that you can tell us that surprised you in a good or bad way? Uh, so the biggest takeaways I have from the test were these cars are super, super fun to watch on road courses. These guys are going to get after it. I think you're going to see the guys that are really good at road course racing excel again a little bit more. Obviously, the other guys will get better, but these first couple of road course races, the A.J. Allmendingers, the Chase Elliotts, the guys that have excelled in the past – I think that gap's going to grow a little bit just because of how hard they can attack the corners. The guys that are really aggressive can attack the corners because these things almost stop on a dime with the new brake package. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of people got geeked out over the flames shooting out the exhaust as the guys lifted into the corners. That was cool to watch. Um, they were fast, man. They were faster than the than the cars we uh, that we reached the, the day before. Um, so that was fun to watch there. Um, the the sound of these cars, I don't know. Uh, it's it's so uh, loud. It's it's so. Let me tell you something. When we go to Bristol and there's forty of these things, it's gonna be loud. It's if probably you're in the gonna infield, be hard to hear. You are not gonna be able to not have your um, headphones on or something. But it's, it's so it's, loud. It's like an acquired taste because when they fire up in the garage, they sound badass. When they get on the racetrack. I can't stand it. So, and some people think it's amazing. So I don't know. Maybe it's just my perfect, my personal preference, but they sound like a lawnmower on the racetrack to me. So noted for next year, don't schedule pit and garage tours during oh, any practices. Oh, it's, it's going to be loud. Um, what else? I mean, the one thing that really surprised me was, I, you know, we had kind of heard that these things structurally might not stand up to contact. And Chris Buescher, uh got loose turn eight, coming back up on the oval in turn one, uh, got loose, overcorrected, and hit the wall nose first with the right front corner of the car. No contact with the wheel, so that probably helped. But when you see how hard he hit, and we've, you know, we've heard about the structure of these cars, maybe not withstanding blows, uh, he drove it back to pit road. He came down pit road. I was like, well, damn, that thing don't look you as bad as I thought. Yeah, like, like, you almost you, like tell you If you weren't looking for it, if you didn't know he hit the wall, you'd, you would have not been looking and be like, wow, that thing's wrecked. Uh, I mean, it took him probably 45 minutes to fix that. Um, and get back out there. But the, the the biggest takeaway I had from this test was the amount of time it takes to make changes to these cars. Uh, it's it's a long time. It was over an hour to change four springs on the 19 car. It was 
uh, two hours, probably two and a half hours to change a gear on our car. Uh, and a lot of it's because it's never been done before. Yeah, this is all new. Yeah, so this you is know, it, it'll obviously that. speed up, but you're still looking. I don't think there was many guys, unless they were making very minimal adjustments, that could make two runs in an hour. I mean, I think the first day we ran 75 laps in 10 hours. That's that's seven laps an hour, essentially. That's fun. Uh, um, yeah, it was a blast. Um, but that's why I had time to do a couple minutes of DBC, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, and like we talked about next year, practice session, and then having minimal adjustments. Well, the reason why you're going to have minimal adjustments is if you try to make a major adjustment, you're not going to have time to do it. So More tests coming up, right? Yeah, more tests coming up. We have a Charlotte test coming up the end of November, I think, or no. Yeah. The week after, like the week after Phoenix, it's, I think uh, it is. Yeah, it's not. And then, yeah, the week, like early, Charlotte Oval. There's Charlotte early, Oval. De- early December all the way out west. Yeah, Charlotte Oval, then the, the December 14th, 15th in Phoenix. There's a test, a tire test in Atlanta. There's a test at Daytona in January during the damn Chili Bowl, which ruined my trip. But I well, wait. can still I'm go going. For the I'm weekend. going on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was planning on ruining Megan's whole week. Um, uh, we have a Vegas test at the end of January, I think. So there's definitely testing coming up. And, I, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff coming. But it was, it was definitely interesting to be there. I went uh, – I may have um, stopped by that test. I saw you up there. No, nah, you didn't see anything. <laughs> um, and I went down inside and – it was um I mean I I rode around the infield and got kind of close to track and when the cars go by man it's like one thing I liked is you could you like whoa what was that you know what I mean kind of like a it was loud like a crotch rocket or like a what no like just that like like higher pitch than what we got now uh, no, like no like low and loud like really like really it's a like lot throaty of, like you know yeah like, like uh, a lot of bass and <laughs> But it's also I don't know you'll have to. It's can you, really. Can you let us know how it sounds? Can you make the sound? Yeah. Right I cannot. Now. Make can you do it? For can you try no, it? No, so it sounds like. <laughs> sounds like a, a like a Trans Am car from back in the day with like Scott Sharp and all. You know, remember yep, them cars? Yep, like yep, it yep. sounds like those. Okay. It sounds like a. I mean, it sounds like a lower toned cup car right now. But so then when they're wide open, for some reason to me, they sound like a cup car that's dropped a cylinder. It's just funny. It does sound like a cup car that's dropped a cylinder. <laughs> you know, two, two, three years ago, I think we even talked about it on the show, there was a huge push for our cars are too loud. People in the grandstands can't have a conversation because our cars are too loud. And drivers were even saying, put mufflers on them and quiet them yeah. down. It's not going to change the experience. People need to be able to talk. I can tell you right now, Clint Boyer was on that bandwagon. Cars are too loud. Michael Waltrip on the bandwagon. Cars are too loud. So it's funny that this one comes out and you go, oh, it's even louder. I'm telling you, when we get to Bristol, it's going to be loud. Yeah, I felt like it was louder. Time for DBC Picks. Freddie, you are just on fire, winning at Kansas with Kyle Larson. I mean, you're still pretty far ahead. Score is 15-13-7. TJ, I'm sorry. (laughs) I had this thing. If TJ wins, or if TJ wins or Freddie wins, I Dude, can't tie. Did you see the lead that William Byron had? What happened to William Byron? He had it's a because he TJ a, picked him. He, they pitted and had to come back down because they left lug nuts loose. It's because TJ picked him. So, Brett, you are up first. This is a hard one because obviously we all want to pick Martin Truex Jr. And none of us have him available. <laughs> and then I personally want to pick uh, Denny Hamlin. You guys and, have both won with Larson. And, uh, when I pick him, he runs 10th. <laughs> Denny Hamlin is also not available for me or Freddie or TJ. Man, I'm going to have to go out on a limb here and uh, and go with a guy that I think is going to be racing with a purpose. And I think that that guy has a cool beard going right now. His beard game is up there with mine. Ryan Blaney. TJ. 
I'm going to go against everything that I've done this year <laughs> and jinxed all year, and I'm going to go with the two. That's what I was going to pick. Good pick, TJ. I will pick Kyle Bush. Well, we are headed to Xfinity 500 weekend, which I'm pretty excited about because I will be there. I think this is the first time all of us will be at the track at the same time. I'm not going. I oh, can't bummer. wait Wait to ruin. I got Brent's. a Halloween party. I can't wait to ruin your top four prediction. Well, yeah, I want to know now that we know Kyle Larson is locked in, who will the other three the be? The top three are locked in. Yeah. It's imp- it's impossible to... Top three are locked. The top three are locked in. You got one, two, three, four guys going for one spot. Last year, y'all said Harvick was locked in too, and then Martinsville mm-hmm. happened. So who's it going to be? It's true. Who's going to be... Fine. Who's going to be that final guy? TJ's going to pick TJ. you damn right. Weird. So he's going to pick his own self. I'm going to pick the guy that TJ said the track is named after, Martinsville, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, I mean, look, you just look at his track record. I don't know how you can't say that he's not the favorite to go out and win this race. But you look at Kyle Larson. I mean, look, this guy's going for four in a row. Guess where he finished at Martinsville in the, in the spring? Fifth. He may do it. He may do four in a row. He may do five in a row. I don't think five in a row has been done since Handsome Harry did it, right? Handsome Harry was four in a row, I thought. Harry was four, I think. Was he four in a row? I think he's four. Kyle may break every every freaking record we got. What was he? (laughs) Was he September? Mr. September? Mr. September, Mr. October, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Truex also. He's been super good at Martinsville the last couple years. He has had some mental fortitude issues lately, though. Like, I've seen him making mistakes that Martin doesn't normally make. But some of it's out of his control. I I think think Martin wins, and I think if Martin wins this this race – Mm, better look out at Phoenix. Hey, you know what I wanted to ask you about, TJ? Well, oh, no. Brett didn't know this, I don't think. But So yesterday we have the rain delay, right? Where We have this oh, the, quick the rain shorter, delay. The 30 minute that and they go, okay, we have lightning. a 30-minute lightning delay. Ten minutes later. Actually, just kidding. The, the lightning has moved out of the area now, so we're going We're going to go back. And I'm like, yeah. So Dylan Welch. It who was an automatic 30-minute hold. Just kidding. Dylan Welch came to have a dinner with us on Saturday night downtown Kansas Power and Light District, which is freaking awesome area. Uh, sports bar called Johnny's down there. And so he tweeted a picture of a clear blue sky and said, we're just told we're in a 30-minute lightning delay. And I'm like – how can this even be possible? Like, if there is weather coming, I get it. If the weather has already left and the skies are blue, you can't get lightning. I just, I just couldn't believe that we just – I thought there was a mandatory 30-minute delay, and then a mandatory 30-minute delay became a mandatory 8-minute Well, guess delay. what happened there, Freddie? Common sense came into play. I'm good with it. And right? I saw people, you know, fussing on Twitter going, oh, once again, NASCAR changed the rules, make it up as it goes. Thank God. Thank God they did because common sense should outweigh any rule. Jason, we have an update on the Rick Ware battle for last. Uh, I can check. I think I think I saw that the 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 one who's in trouble, the fifty one. Oh God, that guy about killed us yesterday. <laughs> that should have been my what an idiot. And <laughs> I went down. Uh, so the fifty ones on the them. inside lane. We're two cars behind him. The guy in front of us gets a good run. Goes down inside. We're we're not on the apron. The guy's down there. That guy gets through. We're right on that guy's tail. And the fifty one turns down like we're not there. Hits us in the left rear, and we go up the racetrack. I'm like, oh, God, we're, we're done. Like, this is it. And so unaware. I go down, literally. Um, <laughs> I, so I go down there. I'm like, Joe, Joe Campbell. I'm like, hey, you just scared the hell out of me. I thought we were done. He's like, are you the one that ripped, tore up our left front? I'm like, we tore your left front up. 
I mean, your guy hung a left into my guy. Like he wasn't even there. How do we tear your left front up? You know, and like, but I don't. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. There, I I figured I'd get called a hack and be going on my way. <laughs> you and Joey might actually be a pretty good fight. Nah, he's too little. He's little. He he needs. You got to watch him skinny so guys. So I was just. I think it's. They'll, they'll I, cut you. I think it's one point to the good now for the fifty-one. Yeah. I Brett, what I got to ask you a question. This is probably another time where Bob's going to text me the answer to this because I'm not sure either one of us know, but. If NASCAR, which we don't think they would do anyway, but if they were to take a charter from somebody, yeah, what happens to that charter? Like, is it up for auction? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that either. I hundred percent think they sell it. And, and, I mean, obviously they sell it. Who gets them? I mean, they get the money. Is Heck, it a bidding war? I, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, man, but I mean, I tweeted this yesterday. After your rain delay, they show the double up choose cone. It happens. NBC goes to this wide shot where you can see the entire field coming to the green. I counted nine cars in the back, not doubled up. Single file, two car lengths apart. If you're not there to race in this day and time, you are part of the problem. You are part of the reason why we don't have fans in the stand. You can't have 20 25% of the field out there not wanting to race. We start 36 cars guaranteed, up to 40. If 25% of the cars are out there to ride not race, get the f- rid of them so one thing that i did see yesterday too and you probably saw it a lot is we double up and pick and they did a fairly good job of getting guys out of the way before you pick but on a lot of restarts near the back we were getting to the end of the backstretch doubled up and guys were pulling out a line and laying over oh it drives me crazy it drives me absolutely crazy because there there is a lot that goes into these choose things and we moved up three lanes one time. That's not fair to the guy that chose on yeah. the outside. I can't yeah. believe what these guys that. We, what these guys do is they, cho- they they go to the cone, they pick their lane. See, like the way I don't know how TJ does it. I'm assuming he does similar to me, but we were like, like we high have a number every time, so it was hard. Like you have a number, so I'm giving Bubba a number every restart, and if that many cars go to the bottom, that means we take the top. So now I'm sitting here counting all these cars, count you know this one's bottom, one, two, three, whatever bottom. Well, then, okay, great, we pick our lane. Well, then we roll around the corner, and two guys just dive out of line and go, ah, you know what, I'm going to go to the back. So now you've thrown all everybody's count off. It's With competition cautions, with stage breaks, with the way these races play out, if you cannot stay on the lead lap at some of these large tracks like Michigan and Pocono, and you're not out there to race, you're only out there to ride, you do not deserve to have a charter. I'm sorry. I, I just think there's – if you're constantly screwing up the line, there needs to be some sort of repercussions for it because, I mean, we're, we need it every single point. I'm six points out of the – Too much on the line for that stupid yeah. to happen. Yeah. And for me to be doing my job and then someone else being like, oh, we're going to start – ah, just kidding. Like, you just screwed up everything from you on back. Yeah. Huh? I'll tell you what, going back to that test, and I we give him a lot of on here, so I'm going to give him credit. If if this if Rick Ware is serious about this Stuart Haas deal and this is going to be just a you know a deal where they get cars from Stuart Haas and 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 assemble them and, and whatever put them out there, they were the, they were one of the fastest cars at that test. Uh, Joey Hand, whatever his name is, uh, Brett's favorite driver, and Joe. Um, you know he was one of the fastest guys there. So if they're going to move forward and 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 lease cars from Stuart Haas and hopefully they're prepared at Stuart Haas. Um, you know, th- th- they could take a major step in the right direction next year. Just going to be interesting to see where that goes. Casey brought up a point a couple weeks ago. Me and TJ touched on it. Freddie wasn't here for this part. About drivers racing each other in the playoffs. And you, you were like, you know, Casey, what about team orders? And, and we kind of skimmed the topic. We touched it a little bit. Going into this weekend, if you're a guy like Christopher Bell, you're out of the playoff, 
and you know how important it is for your organization to put as many cars in this playoff as they can. Obviously, you've got Denny in, but you want to get Kyle, if possible, or Martin, if possible. I think one of the two can get in. Um, you're going to see him race the living crap out of these other guys. So I, I do think when you're watching this on television and you're watching it in person and you see guys racing really hard, like a William Byron, for example, you may see him race those Gibbs guys really, really hard. So don't don't be uh, don't be surprised if, if some of that happens. It's not to screw them up. It's just to make it really hard on them. Yeah, but, I mean, that's you're there to race. If you make it in, you earned it. That's the way I look at it. Yep. I mean. Well, I think judging by everything we talked about, this week, Xfinity 500 should be one to watch. So if you guys are at the track, be sure to come say hi to us wherever we are. And if you're watching from home, it, you won't want to miss it. So that's all we got. Have a great week, guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.